0: 23 DB Production Studios in the Garden State, New Jersey. This is the Art of Music Tech with your hosts, Fayla and Dennis. Let's go, let's go, let's go and welcome to the Art of Music Tech podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Fayla and over there is Dennis.
1: What's up, guys?
0: And we're still in sunny California for Nam. And also, right now, we're on the Sony lot in the bakery mastering facility with the one and only Jet Galindo.
1: Hey, Hi, Jet.
0: Mastering I'm- engineer. Yeah. Uh, are you? Sound Girls <laughs> member. <laughs> yep. All of that. Uh, I've been a part of some uh, really big albums. I- I'll let you get into some of the albums that you've mastered on.
2: Um, most recently, uh, I was fortunate enough to be part of um, the two Weezer albums that are coming out. Um, and it's uh, led by um, Eric Boulanger, who owns Bakery Mastering, um, but it's all hands on deck for the Weezer albums. So the Black album that's coming out and the Teal album that was just released and announced yesterday, um, which is a surprise album of Weezer just doing these amazing selection of covers, just because the, the Africa cover that they released just... Um, got a lot of attention and Uh everyone enjoyed it, so they just went crazy with this teal album. Can you name any of the covers that's on there? Oh, well, now they've announced it, (laughs) but they did um, Eurythmics' Sweet Dreams are made of this. They did... uh, Electric Light Orchestra, Mr. Blue Sky. Mm. And my favorite surprise is TLC's No Scrubs, <laughs> which is right there. And you can tell they were having fun. And that's the best part of the album. Yeah. But um, they also arranged it. They, they produced the covers album in such a way where if you watch Weezer live, that's how the covers album is going to sound exactly like it. There's, It's, it's not like uh, um, an overproduced album. You can just tell the band's having fun and and that's what's great about it so yeah the black album is also coming out too so other stuff that i've worked on um there's this richard carpenter um, led album of the carpenters with Mm. the royal philharmonic that came Mm. out um, last december Um, so that we just worked on it's actually a selection of of all the classic carpenters music and they were able to to take Karen Carpenter's amazing vocals and all her original, all her original oh, wow. and and Richard Carpenter um, did this amazing um, rearrangement of of um, orchestral backing music for Karen Carpenter and was he conducted the Royal Philharmonic and it was um, recorded and mixed by Al Schmidt. So mm. it was definitely an honor to be part of that, too. And um, the vinyl for those albums, uh, The Carpenters, Weezer, the vinyl was also cut here. So mm. a lot of fun stuff. And, and then um, there's always this amazing um, queue of independent artists that bring their work to us. And there's this uh, big um, boom in a certain genre that, I think not a lot of people expected was going to be huge, but video game music, we've been getting a lot of video game soundtracks in, and Mm -hmm. there's a record label that's just focusing on video game music that's been um, really uh, giving, investing 100% on the quality, and we wanted to make sure Mm -hmm. that we deliver on that, so um, we master for... um, a lot of their music, and we also cut vinyl. We've done a lot of double LP vinyl releases for this video game label, and oh. the fans just r- are super supportive in the video game community, so, uh-huh. yeah.
1: Mm. yeah. You did La La Land, you did, you did Oh yes, Green we also Day. did, yeah, we okay. also did
2: La La Land. Um, um, we also mastered Blade Runner, um, 2049, the, the new movie that came out. I yeah, 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 probably yeah. wasn't old enough for the original Blade Runner yeah. yet. Um, <laughs> Uh, Green Day, definitely. Um, we also did uh, Kobe Calle, Barbra Streisand, the um, Netflix documentary that came out. The music for that was um, mastered here. Even the music that was used for the actual documentary was mastered here and, and was also released as a DVD special and uh, CD, so, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Oh, exciting. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: All right, so let's, let's take it back now, now that we, we know <laughs> what you've done. What's, what's the story of, of Jet
2: Galindo? Um, where are you from? Your parents? How did mm. it start? So um, my full name is John Jet Galindo. So I think from there, a lot of people can already tell that my parents are kind <laughs> of like Jet. music focused. Um, I always joke that they're cooler than me because they, <laughs> who would name their kid John Jet? My parents.
0: <laughs> so you're from the
2: Philippines. I'm from the freaking Philippines. <laughs> And and the thing is, when I was growing up, the kids don't even like. The kids don't know who Joan Jet was. My parents did, but the kids didn't know who John Jet was. So um, everyone just made fun of me as Jet Plane Jet Lee. So, but I always knew that I was named after a rock star. So yeah. so like I carry that with pride, and I still. Um, there was this uh, uh, Make It Equal um, profile. And one of the questions are, who is, name one artist that you want to work with. Like, the answer is simple, like, let's work, Joe and Jet. John I'm here. Jet. <laughs> <laughs> like, Green Day is awesome, but Joe Jet. Jett. Yeah. So, yeah, so anyway, um, just to go back to the beginning, uh-huh. my parents are actually musicians. And uh-huh. my family is bread and butter. Um, we, we have an un- unconventional background. My parents actually trained and managed um just cover bands in the philippines even when back in the 1980s so they were they they did that um my dad used to be a used to work at the navy and my mom was a nurse but um my old eldest sister who was just a baby couldn't like was afraid of my dad anytime he comes back from like a six month trip with the navy because my sister wouldn't recognize the dad anymore, my, our dad, because like he has this big beard and he mm-hmm. wasn't around all the time, and my dad couldn't stand it. It's like he left. Um, he left the. Uh, he was he left the navy, so he can be a family man. And my, both my mom and my dad have a musical background, mm-hmm. so they decided let's let's just start this thing. Let's um train bands and let's. Let's um, just manage them and see how it happens. Because there's a very vibrant um, uh, music scene in the Philippines. Like there's a lot of bars and clubs oh. where cover bands just go, um, just do their thing. Yeah. And and um, yeah, there's actually documentaries that discuss how there's a lot of cover bands in cruise ships in Hong Kong in Dubai that are Filipino uh-huh. because music is big in the Philippines. So, but my parents are still considered unconventional. And um, yeah, I was just brought up, um, our house had a music room where musicians trained. I was just exposed to music every day. And it's not like, it's not fancy stuff. It's pop, it's rock, and it's like what's out there. And and it's always fun. Like when I was a kid, I I would um, one of the, one of my tasks was to just watch mtv and to just like f- see what's out there that's nice and i would like i just had fun that's how i discovered um mariah carey um i even recommended Snoop dog to my parents uh, <laughs> of course they didn't end up using Snoop Dogg, yeah. <laughs> but yeah so me my, my me and my sisters were just like focused on mtv rather than like nickelodeon or R is MTV. It's fine. Oh, okay.
0: So that was to find songs to cover for yep. your parents. Well, but to keep them up to date. Not on, necessarily. It's just
2: know, like what we lo- like love to, to do anyway. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some t- I just. I just went harder and like, made notes. Yeah. <laughs> I even remembered who were the film director. Who were the directors for video. each music video? Like uh, Katie yeah, Wood, yeah. Wayne Isham. Uh-huh. So yeah. So um yeah. Uh, so music was just a big part of, of me growing up. But my parents also didn't want me to pursue music. Um, my um, Me and my sisters were not allowed to like pursue music in college because them being musicians, they feel that it's it's a gamble. And I'm happy for them that they did well because one, one of the bands that they manage, who's actually many of the band members are my relatives, ended up getting picked by a record label in the Philippines and, and came out with... Albums And it turned out very successful. And now my parents and the band travel worldwide every year. And I'm actually going to oh. see my parents in Vegas in March. The mm. The name of the band is Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, Aegis. I don't know how you pronounce it here. But uh-huh. in the Philippines, it's Aegis. And it's just like rock. It's, it's original rock music um, composed by my uncle. And oh, it, yeah. they sound like heart. So it's like that... Old school rock, but it just um, it got so successful that there were there was a musical of purely Ag's music Ooh. in the Philippines. So that's how there was a twenty. The tour this year was a is a twenty decade uh, a two 20th decade twentieth anniversary. anniversary concert for for the band. So right. um they they did really well on that front. So but my parents still feel that whatever success they had, a lot of that besides being good is there's a lot of luck. So um, they had me take, I had to take a different degree in college. I have a degree in psychology. Oh, yeah. But I was still active in music. I toured with a choir in college. And I've always known that I wanted to pursue a career that combines music and technology. Because my dad also like encouraged me to tinker with computers and stuff. Um, That's how I learned to be savvy with building websites and and, and maintaining just the back end of, of like building your own computer and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to combine both, but I didn't know what was out there because there's no audio engineering degree in the Philippines. But when I toured here in America with my choir back in college, um, I met my friend, GP, right. Gian Paolo, <laughs> yeah. who said, you should check out Berkeley College of Music because there's a program called Music Production and Engineering. And at that point, everything just clicked. Like before that, I was like a lost like person, not knowing what to do. But then when I discovered this career path, that's when everything just got laser focused. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, from there, it's like I knew exactly what to do, pursue audio engineering. But since it's not available in the Philippines, I just want to be sure that I'm prepared enough um, before I even audition for a program for a college program here in the US. So I was lucky enough that after graduating from college, I actually found a commercial recording studio that needed an intern. It just fell on my lap because um, I didn't know that there was a studio in that media facility, but Mm. I know that they were looking for someone to be in charge of um, the media training facility that teaches web design, graphics, film, to pastoral workers. It's very specific, so I for a while I, I actually taught um, video editing, web design, Photoshop to priests and nuns. It's a mm. it's a religious um, media communications facility. Oh. So yeah, but <laughs> they that um, that is actually a, a um, established popular um, media facility. They're called Jesuit Communications, and they are known like. Again, music is very vibrant in the Philippines, and there's this choral, um, there's this music group that is known all over the Philippines for their um, for their church music, and it's like very pop um, Christian praise. The new age, yeah, yeah, like very pop (laughs) praise Uh music, and Uh um, it's this label, the the Jesuit Communications, that produces these albums. And I've always loved their music, but I didn't know how to like, reach out to them. I just know that this company needed someone who would organize workshops to teach freaking priests and sisters how to use the freaking computer. And I, was, um, I had the in, and that's where I gave my 100%. But during my interview, I told them I wanted to be a sound engineer, and my plan is I'll eventually go to the U.S. to study audio engineering. And just so happened that they needed an intern for, for their recording studio. And oh my gosh, the timing was just perfect. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing I like to mention on my profiles is that I almost didn't get hired for the studio because the head sound engineer, he said yes to training um, Jet Galindo as an intern. But a day before, the, um, the senior sound engineer realized that Jet Galindo was a girl. If he found out earlier that um, it's a female, he would have said no. But at that point, it was too late. So he just had to like suck it up. And I had to suck it up because he was like, he made it clear from the beginning that you're not meant to be here. Uh-huh. But um, there were two interns, me and the other guy. And um, the other intern just couldn't handle a 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. internship because there was a choir recording that was happening at that time. And I understand it, it's it's an unpaid internship and he has to like work. Mm-hmm. And I have to work, but okay. luckily where I work and where the internship is, is in the same place. <laughs> but I, I just gave my 100%, um, my parents hardly saw me, but they knew, they knew the hustle because they're musicians as well. Mm-hmm. And I already got my degree so they can't complain. So <laughs> um, yeah. So at that point, it's like, I actually ended up um, being really good friends with my mentor. Um, so I, I always see him now as my mentor, Robbie Grande, who's um, the senior sound engineer in the Philippines. And he was the one who taught me all I know from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So I really came in just fresh, like a newbie. Um, he was laughing because the first thing I did was, he asked me to EQ a cello. And... um I ended up EQing it to sound like a violin. Just that's just how, like, unexperienced I was going in. But I just wanted to learn and, uh-huh. and did what I can. So I um, eventually became the um, main full-time engineer of the studio. I worked there for um, over four years. So starting as an intern and then just going all the way as a um, in-house recording mixing and mastering engineer but all of that i learned from robbie so rob yeah uh-huh. um but yeah uh it at that point that's when i went to the us to do my auditions for berkeley and that's when i, I got accepted in the music production engineering program and the rest is history uh-huh. so from there um uh, there were a bit of like Again, like success is never a linear thing. There's <laughs> yeah. always like this weird spiral. Sometimes <laughs> you feel that you're going back, but it's not. It's it's a spiral. It's not um like linear one way going straight line. It's not a straight line. It's it's spiral because you feel that you're going back, but no, it's like uh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're going alone. You're, you're going somewhere, but uh, yeah. um throughout mm. the journey. Um, when I was in Berkeley I was already um, I, I had a very um, strong interest in mastering and that's how Jonathan Weiner the head of um, the mastering professor um, like uh, um, he, he, he just knew that I was one of those students who wanted to learn more and um, but after Berkeley I worked as um, a recording engineer for Jerry Barnes at Avatar Studios, which is now power station in New York. Mm-hmm. But um, through Jonathan Weiner, there, were, there was like a word of mouth where the mastering lab is seeking out the next right-hand man for Doug Sachs. And they sought out Berkeley and asked every professor who would they recommend. So I got recommended by Jonathan Weiner. And I, I was all the way in New York, but I just put in my application, got the phone interview with Doug Sachs, drove to new hampshire to meet the previous um engineer that i was going to replace because he had to move to new hampshire and that's when i got the job and i left everything in new york to work for doug but also while that was happening my whole visa situation was happening Mm -hmm. and fortunately for me doug um the guy that i had to replace is Korean. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing of like hiring an international and helping with a visa, Doug was familiar with already. Uh, so I had one month left on my visa when I took the job. I already had all my visa paperwork done with my New York boss as a petitioner. I had to scrap everything and start from zero from, from scratch. Mm-hmm. So I actually gave my my um, uh, application to another colleague in New York who also needed to um, eventually get a, a artist visa mm-hmm. and have Jerry Barnes as a petitioner, just so I could at least have all my work be used by someone. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it was it it's stressful. It's 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 a journey for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has a story and that's uh-huh. that's my yeah. yeah, that's that's mine. <laughs> yeah. And from there, um, working with the So yeah, and doing sex again,
0: that's coming to LA. That's how you ended up Yeah and
2: and even though I'm not in the mastering lab anymore, um it's still very much um like the spirit of the mastering lab is felt here at the bakery because um, Doug Sachs passed away in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, the rest of the Mastering Lab crew wanted to live on his legacy. There's no other thing, like like no question, we wanted to continue this. So um, Eric, who's who's one of the head sound engineers at the bakery, um, opened the bakery, uh, sorry, um, head engineer of the Mastering Lab, along with Doug and, and Robert Hadley, who's another head master engineer. Um, Eric um, wanted to do this 100%, and that's when he um, put all this investment to putting up the bakery. And it's still the same team. It's Eric, me, and James Carino, who was the studio manager of the Mastering Lab. Um, So it still feels like family, and it still feels like um, this is the Mastering Lab team just continuing on. And we actually have a new... um, person joined our team, his name is Peter Hewitt Dutton, um, and he was a mastering engineer at Metropolis, and he joined us, and he's now the one um, um, holding down the fort in the vinyl room, while Eric and I um, focus on the mastering side. So, yeah. But all of us master and cut vinyl, but mm-hmm. it's now easier for us to make sure that all rooms are, are running 100% of the time, so mm-hmm. yeah that that's you gotta LA.
1: you gotta pay rent too
2: exactly <laughs> 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 gotta make sure
1: okay all right so how long you been in LA
2: um officially 2015 yeah oh. yeah I did a lot of moving but um <laughs> Chris my boyfriend and I, I had this talk recently LA is not officially the um city where I've lived the longest Because I was in Boston for about three years, almost two years in New York, um, three years in Ojai where I worked at the Mastering Lab, and then it's now going for four years in LA. So a lot of moving. Yeah. 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 But Bakery is here to stay. Okay. Yeah. You Mm. had the. A lot of the move, too, especially you too, Dennis. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, New York is the longest place I've been at now. Yeah, me, too. Uh, it, 10 years.
2: With with um, William Sonoma, friend. What's his name? Again? Harry. Harry. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Yes, my next door neighbor. Well, oh, by the oh, way. Over the top. There. Let, let
2: Harry know that um, we mastered the Trisha Yearwood album that is now exclusively. Um, distributed at Williams Sonoma. it's so <laughs> random.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think it's not. I
2: <laughs> know. Oh, hey, Jigalindo. Jigalindo,
0: let's go. <laughs> the bakery project is in Williams Sonoma. That's what. <laughs> that bakery
2: utensils.
0: Yes. Yes. Those full circle. We got full circle, right here. <laughs> oh wow.
1: Uh, okay. So where are you working now? And mm. uh, what's the next project then? Um.
2: Like Future. I was telling, I was telling you both um, today. Today's going to be a tight schedule just because of the Nam Show happening at the same time and the Soundgirls Girls event happening at night. But today, um, I am fi- I. Re- I just finished the test cuts for um, a video game soundtrack that I mastered, and it's also going to be released on vinyl. And it's it's been it's already been announced. It's the Celeste video game soundtrack. So Celeste is is. Um, a popular indie video game right now and it's been receiving a lot of awards and a lot of recognition is um is going towards the actual music itself and um now there's an official release of a piano collections um soundtrack where it's the celeste video game soundtrack but in Piano, in solo piano, it's very relaxing, mm. it's amazing. And it's performed by Trevor Allen Gomez, um, and it's released by Materia Collective, and it sounds amazing, um, mixed by Will Kennedy. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, but um, he engineered, he's he's worked on One Republic, and U2, and now this piano mm-hmm. collections album for a video game soundtrack. So yeah, um, I'm finishing up the Vinyl Masters for that. Um, and uh, sometime today too, I'm gonna be working on um, uh, the some two singles that are coming out for this punk uh, artist. His the the artist name is Illuminati Hotties, and the artist behind it is Sarah Tudson. And she's been um, she's been mentioned in NPR for her music. Um, I've actually gotten a lot of um, punk uh client because they heard my work on illuminati hotties and they really like the sound you guys should check out that okay. that, that album okay. and yeah and and a pop uh, acoustic single that just came in so it really varies like there are days where we work on on like hard rock weezer in the morning and then there's like this japanese jazz at night yeah so yeah it, it that's you, what i love about mastering do you give yourself a- a time limit on each song. You,
0: know, you kind of like uh, I gotta <laughs> knock this out in two hours. So well,
2: so um, the one unspoken like thing when mastering is that, although it's not really a set rule, it's always um, more effective for the mastering engineer to work on an album just continuously. Uh-huh. Like you don't you don't work on half of the album now and work on the next half the next day because you want your ears to to be in that zone when you're working from the first track all the way to the last because one of the things you you um handle as a mastering engineer one of your tasks is to ensure the continuity of of the vibe from beginning all the way to the end Mm -hmm. so that even includes making sure that the spacing for one song to the next feels right the fade out just um, the levels, the EQ, everything is continuous. So you wanna, if you're ever, there are times where it's like a 30, 40 track album, or if it's a, f- a huge sound library of 50 tracks, then the the idea of continuity isn't as um, essential yeah. because it's a sound library. It's not meant for listening from beginning <laughs> yeah. all the way to the end. Uh-huh. But yeah, in terms of like time limit, like you need to give yourself as the mastering engineer, space. When you get started on a full album, you can take breaks for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's always good to um, work on a full album just straight, because uh-huh. you want to keep that that zone. Uh-huh. Um, for singles or for shorter trap, um, shorter EPs. Um, I don't necessarily impose a rule that I should be working on this one song for one hour because there are songs that take two hours Mm -hmm. and some songs that take 15 minutes because a lot of, especially for an album, um, it's always the first songs that take the most time because that's when you're trying to get to know the music Mm -hmm. and most of the time, once you've figured out the first three songs it's pretty much you're already in that zone you know mm-hmm. and then you've already understood the intent behind the music mm-hmm. and now it's like okay you've 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 nailed all your settings for the first few songs and it's most likely gonna just because the goal is is to have this continuity and, and that consistency with the vibe that you've you've um, created uh, for the first few tracks that's Pretty much going to be um, how you want to retain it all the way to the end. So the first few tracks are going to take longer, but then as you go along, it gets faster. Um, and then there are some songs where. Um, so it's the, pretty much the priority is that you get to a point where you, as a mastering engineer, enjoy, like you personally get to a, a period, to a moment musically that you're really enjoying how this music is turning out mm-hmm. rather than looking at the clock
0: yeah
2: so yeah sometimes it could take a whole day working on one song but the goal is that um at the end of the day no matter what genre you personally are into as a as a as as a human being yeah the goal as a mastering engineer is to enjoy the music uh-huh. like you are doing some adjustments on the eq on the compression limiting that um achieves that that level of of fulfillment musically Mm -hmm. to the sound yeah yeah so it varies yeah Mm.
1: Yeah. uh we got so much equipment in front of us uh can you break it down Mm. your process and equipment i see la 2a shadow hills
2: so oculus yeah yeah, um (laughs) for well again there's really no one rule but um our philosophy at the bakery, which is also the same with the mastering lab is, it's not about the quantity of the equipment, but just making sure that um, you attain the best sound in your signal chain with the least amount of, of steps. Because the goal is that um, you achieve um, your job as a mastering engineer with the shortest distance between the music and the ears. Because Um, throwing a lot of things on the signal chain that does not add to the music, it's just gonna take away from the fidelity of the music. So even back at the mastering lab, all we had was um, two types of EQ, um, and and they're both analog, custom modded EQ, um, and they're shelf EQs even. Mm. Um, Mm. It was purely shelf EQs at the mastering lab but it's all custom made, and um, there were only two choice of line amps: tube and solid state. Um, and we have the um, LA two as that were that have been custom um, custom modded to the. There's actually a mastering lab modification for the LA two as mm. and um, it's something that you can purchase. It, it's um, it, it's uh, the history of the mastering lab. Doug actually addition multiple compressors and he ended up choosing the la2as as his um, compressor of choice but then he had to modify it so that it works best for mastering, mastering. and it, it's not even a secret what it does it's more like having a slow attack slow release of the la2as mm-hmm. so just those those are the tools that we had the mastering lab and and um, the mastering lab actually follows the same layout we have here at the bakery where the console is behind you as the mastering engineer. If you notice, when you were listening mm-hmm. to the tracks a while ago, that's how we work too. There's nothing between the speakers and the ears because your main tool are your ears. And not having anything between the mastering engineer's ears and the speakers also take away one big um uh, factor in terms of like uh, the accuracy of your listening environment. If you have like the giant console in front of you, you're going to be introducing a lot of reflections mm-hmm. that will influence the accuracy of the of the sound. Mm-hmm. So, so it actually um, knocks out like a lot of things just by moving the console back behind you. But it's it has a very steep learning curve and. Um, fortunately for me and Eric we were both trained to master that way from the beginning I mean I learned at the mastering lab as well Uh, I learned at Berkeley to master but in terms of like being a a full-time mastering engineer that's how we were taught to work so when Peter joined us from Metropolis um, we already knew. We even Peter knew that it's gonna take him a lot of time just to get accustomed to the layout of the studio. Um, so, yeah. Um, the reason I mention that is because it's not really about the gear, but it's about using your ears mm-hmm. and, and, and and
0: acclimated to your mixing position. Too, exactly. Yeah. I mean. Exactly. Like
2: <laughs> human ears are are like the great thing about um, just how. The human body works is there's it is it it, it's so malleable. Uh It's not um it's not digital in a way Mm -hmm. where it's like we have like step, um like positions. It's we there's something again. It's like something very human where, um you can't really uh fully describe how how complex the ears can work. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's making sure that that you utilize the the amazing instrument that you have. And yeah. so as for our um, tools here at the bakery, so back at the mastering lab, it's purely analog. Even vinyl cutting can be purely analog. We can cut from tape straight to the cutting lathe mm. without introducing any. You have a tape machine there too, right? Yeah, we have oh, a tape machine. Okay. Um, um, there, we don't introduce any um, digital conversion it just goes straight to the cutting lathe um here we have a more hybrid setup and and hybrid is is the most um popular setup for mastering studios nowadays uh-huh. um and we definitely rely still on the line amps um of our choice back in the mastering lab and um so we also have the line lineup and the uh the tube line amp and the solid state line amp that we addition between anytime we want to choose so the tube has like a warmer um fuller sound and i really enjoy how the transients come out on on the tube line amp but solid state has a very clean um modern sound that sounds great with electronic music so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a very simplified way of describing the two line amps and I really enjoy our, our um, Manly Massive Passive EQ. So we have the Massive Passive right mm, there. I
1: see
2: it. Um, and then the Shadow Hills that you're seeing isn't actually part of our chain. So we don't have the Shadow Hills um, mastering compressor. What we have here is the Oculus. So the Oculus is actually our monitoring panel. Mm-hmm. Um, If you look for the oculus online there's actually a function on our oculus that's not available because it's something that's just built for our function um custom yeah it's custom made um eric has a background in electrical engineering he went to carnegie mellon um Mm -hmm. as an electrical engineer um and at the mastering lab he was the head tech as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. so a lot of the schematics we we have um eric just knows a lot of um, the equipment at the mastering lab by heart. So, um, like we can easily rebuild um the line the from from schematics, um, and also um a lot of the uh, the equipment we have, like the JCF um DAC, the converters that we have is Josh um Florian uh built. So look look up the company jcf audio they're a boutique company and it's um owned by josh florian so they even build preamps and converters for capital um and he started out at the mastering lab as well Mm -hmm. so um he he builds a lot of our stuff too even our um our vinyl preamp it's also made by him so yeah a lot of a lot of stuff we have here is is custom made for our needs uh-huh. um we in terms of, of plugins again this is a hybrid setup um we use a lot of Uad and and uh-huh. isotopes a, a tool that we use a lot as well uh-huh. um I love the RX um so yeah like nothing just beats RX when it comes to there are a lot of things that in order for us to really bring out the best in our masters, like sometimes it always rides the fine line between um, making the best masters versus reaching to the point of of distortion. Uh-huh. So there are cases where rather than changing our overall um, chain just to compromise, avoiding that distortion, um, sometimes we just make sure that we dial in the best sound and if it only causes a distortion in a certain part, that's when we just tackle that using rx Mm -hmm. and with a lot of classical um there's a lot of classical um productions that come here and it would still have um, a lot of noise extraneous noise from from the actual recording Mm -hmm. and at the mastering stage a lot of those tend to come out more that's why we we use a lot of rx just to address those things Mm -hmm. and something that's more creative use of rx is um sometimes with our mastering um setting there's going to be like one specific thing where suddenly the sibilance just gets um very harsh and bright only for a certain point and rx can use that to just soften that that sibilance only at that certain point yeah so it's 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 a great tool to have um and I, I like fab filter a lot as well mm. so I, I like to switch between fab filter l2 and ozone mm. for for limiting um, I tend to prefer ozone with classical and and fab filter is just amazing with modern music mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's um, the tools that we have
0: yeah. well. You did a couple of songs for us. Yeah, sounds um, awesome. <laughs> yes, thank you for the, for the awesome sounds. Um, you guys what, did it. Well, what, <laughs> what, what did you use on that, like, um, deep in the sea? Like, <laughs> hold what, on, let
2: me just. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey. Let's, let's take
0: a look. Yeah, okay. She's She's oh. walking down to the actual session to tell us what she did.
1: Uh do you, you keep notes right for every session? Yes, oh yes. okay. So you can uh, so you can go recall digital and yes, analog? Exactly. Okay. Um, back at the do you guys still hear me? Yep. Oh, okay. uh, we sure do. <laughs> I mean. no, to, think,
2: okay. Um back at the mastering lab since everything is um analog. Mm-hmm. Um uh, every um our recall sheet is paper.
1: Oh. And
2: even, hold on, even the, um like, we even do automations. Like, mm-hmm. the, the way we do automations in, let me just take a picture so I can get back there to turn you guys
1: Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. And then break it down for us. Yep. This is deep in the sea.
2: Hmm. You guys can edit this out.
1: Uh, no, we don't have to. Why?
2: <laughs> okay. Um, back at the mastering lab, how we automate is that we, we really write the fader, the knobs, Uh huh. Okay. That's how we do the automations. And, um, when we write down our notes, we actually n- note the times when we do the automations. Oh. So that's, that's how precise, um, our, the, the automations can get.
1: Uh what software you use for mastering?
2: Um oh for for the ma- actual mastering stage, uh-huh. um we use Sadie DAW. Okay. Um
1: never heard of it.
2: So Sadie is very um, specific to the mastering world. There's mm. a lot of um software that is just for mastering. Um it's funny cuz there's no one popular mastering DAW. Mhm. Um there is, uh,
1: Pyramix. Okay, Sequoia, right? Sequoia, Soundly,
2: WaveLab.
1: Oh, okay. Too many.
2: So it varies, Yeah, there's really no one. But, um, Sadie is a British brand, and i um Sadie is uh, very popular with, um, British mastering studios Abbey Road and Metropolis uses it. Mm. Um, I know that. Um, Lurson Mastering uses WaveLab, we use Sadie, um, and I'm not sure when that transition to Sadie back at the Mastering Lab started, but I'm pretty sure that um, a lot of, we use a lot of British products, actually. We use Prism products. um, Converters? Prism? Yes. Okay. um, ATC is a British brand. Sadie is a British brand. I'm pretty sure that Peter is is pleased that he's seeing a lot of British brands. He's British, Peter, Ah. from Mm. London. Um, uh, But I feel that a lot of it stemmed from uh, the Mastering Lab being uh, good friends with James Guthrie. Who was the longtime producer of Pink Floyd and yep. Doug mastered Pink Floyd, and um, James Guthrie introduced Doug to um, the ATC speakers, and Doug hasn't looked back since. Oh, okay. Okay, so let okay. me. All right,
1: let's go, James.
2: Okay, let me look at the settings. All right, so for um, "Deep in the Sea,"
1: mm-hmm.
2: we actually use a solid-state um, line amp, mm-hmm. um, and then added some uh just we added some air at the top um and let me see and we use the fab filter um mm-hmm. for fab filter um l2 there's there are actually mastering shapes that you can choose um are, do you guys use fab filter i'm familiar with Femme yeah with so um you guys should like uh i encourage everyone that when they try fab filter to really um, do a critical listening of the different shapes on their mastering plugin because um, it's really drastically different <laughs> and certain shapes just work for certain music I actually worked on a track just yesterday where um, the mixer did an amazing job Lynn Graber I can't uh, can't properly pronounce it but um, a lot of mixers send the their mix, in non-limited, and the limited version, and this is always a popular question with us: if we're going to be using the limited or the non-limited version, do we do we imply a certain do we impose uh, a certain headroom when mixers send in their work to us? Um, the answer is we don't. We don't impose uh, a headroom, and many times mixers send in mixes that's already fully limited. Because they have a certain flavor when they have their two bus processing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why mixers would send that version versus a ve- version with no processing of their two bus, so there's more headroom. And it's up to us which we want to choose. But many times we work off of the limited version because these mixers have a certain flavor, certain sound that, is, um, that characterizes their mix in general. And um, if we feel that that um, constitutes a very big part of the sound of the mix, of the music, we respect that. And our goal is to um, see if there's any way to it enhance it and even answer. better. And funny enough, for this track yesterday, it didn't it didn't need any processing on our end. Because uh, um, the, the limited version sounds amazing already. I was actually telling our studio manager that. But all it took to really take it to that point of like really bringing the best out of the music is just the fab filter in dynamic setting. That's it. Mm. It doesn't pass through our analog chain. It's purely digital. There's no clip gain. Purely just the fab filter in um, dynamic setting. And that just made all the difference. Um, So yeah, um, I used actually the dynamic setting for... Okay. Um mm-hmm. for uh deep in the sea and
1: so you add air before or after dynamics? Before. Before, okay. Before.
2: Actually the fat filter is gonna be the very last thing on the chain. On the chain. Because okay. that's the limiter. Because at that point that's when um the whole mastering chain now reaches the full level and then um, fat filter just does an absolutely amazing job with trimming the transients, just to to really uh, make sure that a thirteen size foot can can fit into a seven size shoe. And okay. yeah, um, if you add any more processing after fat filter, that's gonna lead into clipping distortions. Mm-hmm. So fat filter is is um, gonna be the last on the chain typically. Mm, all right. um, and for Z. This is interesting. There we have a another um, thing on our chain that's called Pep. It's actually um, uh, just a processing. It's it's a two channel processing built by Josh Florian of JCF Audio um, that just adds that warmth and and just um, articulation in the bottom end. And I actually passed Z through that, because it needed that articulation in, in the bass. Mm-hmm. So, but base. it's something that we use sparingly, because it could introduce some, some boominess when, when not used properly. Mm-hmm. But for that one, it just it just asked for it. it. It's great. And then we used the tube line amp for that, because mm-hmm. it, that the warmth of um, combining both the PEP and the, the tube line amp just made all the difference. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, I actually, well, I, I did. Uh, um, it looks like I, I added a lot of low end, um, not, um, I'm very careful with, with, um, adding low end, yeah, adding, yeah, yeah because so. you don't, you don't want to muddy up the mix. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that on my plugins, because I didn't load up the plugins just now, because I'm pretty sure that, um, many times I'll have a combination of, of, Um, low shelf EQ that clears up certain frequencies at the low end but then pass it through PEP to blind amp and then um, probably at 25 hertz um, half a dB boost just to balance Mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. and and still retain that, that articulation at the low end so yeah So there's a lot of things, you you can't predict what you're gonna be doing Mm -hmm. on the day of the mastering session. And even if you listen now, like we worked on that track like several months ago. Mm -hmm. And at this point, it's like, just by listening to the music, I can't actually remember what I've worked on. It's Mm -hmm. like, you have to go back to the session and look at what you've done. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of things happen when you're in the zone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: All right, wow. Well, thank you for a breakdown for us. and uh, yeah. 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 Wow. We're here in, uh, on Sonya Lot with Jet Galindo.
0: <laughs> At the bakery. Yeah. At the bakery. Wow. Uh, that, that was great. Yeah. Jit. Um, that
2: was great too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so out. wow. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I, I we'll, we'll have you on several more times because <laughs> when you come for AS, we gotta hang like we yeah. did before. So we'll hang at uh, the, oh, the yeah. Amex
2: Lounge. <laughs> oh, yes.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, mean, thanks
2: for having me, guys.
0: Yes. 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 I'm. I'm we're, we're glad to finally make it to the light. We're gonna. Have some drinks tonight if the Sound Girls mentoring oh, yeah. oh,
1: yeah.
0: event. Um, and shout out to them. Yeah, because uh, that's how we met. Exactly.
2: So <laughs> it's how amazing met. how Sound Girls does does an amazing job of, of really getting together all all the female professionals in this in this and industry.
0: Yeah, and it's a tiny world anyway. I, I don't know why we didn't really know I each know. other. That's crazy, <laughs> but. Now we do, yeah. and we're gonna continue to know each other for a very long time. Yeah. Thank you again. And Jeff. continue
1: using your service too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Our own. We're gonna be send- we send our own stuff out here. So. Let's yes. go. Let's go. Uh, thank you again, everyone, for listening. Please share, leave comments on iTunes, rate us. Um, again, we're available on iTunes, Spotify our Heart Radio and Podbean.
2: Uh, thank you once again from my guest Jet Galindo. Thank you. I actually subscribe to the Art of Music Podcast through Google Podcasts. Ah oh, oh. yes and Google okay. as well. Google
0: oh all of the good stuff. <laughs> We're on all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Even if we don't know it sometimes. <laughs> so again, thank you for my uh, Jet Galindo, Dennis, and myself, Fayla.
1: Let's go. Let's go, guys. Let's go, Let's go, Jed. Thank you. For
0: more information of booking 23DB Productions, visit their website at 23dbproductions.com. Like and follow 23DB Productions at Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter for the latest work.